Welcome back to the Dead Drop Game News Podcast, your secure download of video game news from across the industry, twice a week, in under 10 minutes. I'm your host, Matthew Bliss, and these are the gaming headlines from the 18th of January, 2023. Two things that just can't stay away from the news at the moment, Blizzard and China, where Blizzard is blaming the company NetEase for its games going offline. NetEase was the publisher for games in China for Blizzard, including World of Warcraft, but now that their contract is ending, it seems that they're not renewing. And part of this is likely due to the fact that the Chinese publisher is now under scrutiny for government licenses that operate in the region, and the Chinese Communist Party seems to be playing increasingly close attention to foreign titles. We mentioned on the Dead Drop last year that the contract was finishing up, but now Blizzard has to find another contract holder in China so that their games can continue to be played in the region. Employees of Ubisoft Paris are being urged by their union to go on strike because Yves Guillemot is trying to blame his employees for his own failures. The Ubisoft CEO recently announced they're looking to cut 200 million euro in expenses over the next two years with targeted restructuring and divesting non-core assets and usual natural attrition. He then followed up with an email to Ubisoft employees urging that they need to be full of energy and commitment to ensure they get back on the path to success, but also imploring them each to be careful and strategic with their spending. This didn't sit well with staff as it felt like he was trying to push the onus on them to manage the company's expenses. And so the union is starting to make some demands. The first is that there is an immediate 10% increase in salaries, that they want to improve working conditions and maybe implement a four day work week, transparency on the evolution of the workforce and a strong commitment against disguised dismissals. A lot of companies are looking to downsize at the moment, so it looks like the union is trying to protect the staff who would like to stay, while also ensuring that they are not taking the blame for the decisions of the head of the studio. The employees will go on strike on Friday the 27th of January in the afternoon from 2 to 6 p.m. On the subject of layoffs, Microsoft is set to announce a number of layoffs from its entire organization. It's said to be about 5% of its workforce, which is some 11,000 jobs. This is reported out of Bloomberg, and it's said to be a number of jobs in the engineering divisions that it intends to cut. This will likely include staff from the Xbox division, just like it did in October last year, where they cut around 1,000 employees from the company. And it's presumed this is all in anticipation of a second quarter earnings report on January 24, which, funnily enough, the day after we'll have the Developer Direct, which is talking about new games like Forza Motorsport, Redfall, Minecraft Legends, and maybe even Starfield. And let's keep going with the Microsoft Minute. It seems in the last few weeks there's been a number of developments in the Activision Blizzard acquisition, where the FTC has filed a lawsuit against Microsoft opposing the acquisition, and a number of companies have come out of the woodwork in the meantime, potentially opposing the deal as well. The EU has reportedly said that it will object to the Microsoft Activision Blizzard deal based on the work that has been done as part of the European Commission. Google and Nvidia have also come out of the woodwork saying that they are unsure and proposing to the FTC that they do have their own concerns, not for acquiring the games like Sony is very outspoken about, but instead about its potential monopolizing market share for subscription-based cloud gaming and mobile gaming services in the industry. Nvidia obviously having GeForce Now as a cloud gaming service and Google having its mobile services division, but Stadia being taken offline. 
Whether they have a stake in there or not, it's hard to say. Bill Spencer has been very open about making games available for more people, as opposed to trying to restrict it like some companies have done, but it could be a rocky road ahead for Microsoft and Activision Blizzard. There seems to be some rumors circulating that Starfield may be delayed into the second half of 2023. It was promised it would be in the first half of this year, but during an episode of the Defining Duke podcast, YouTuber Mr. Matty Plays seems to have a source indicating that it will be delayed. We'll have to see what updates come out from Microsoft over the next little while, but if you've been anticipating Starfield and how difficult the development has been thus far, maybe set your expectations low for the next little while. GamesIndustry.biz is reporting tracking firm NPD's latest report, indicating that US game sales in 2022 totaled $57 billion, a figure that represents a 5% decline compared to 2021. It should come as no surprise that Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 was the best-selling game of 2022, closely followed by Elden Ring, and EA's Madden NFL 23 was the third. Additionally, among the bestsellers in December were Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, while God of War Ragnarok came in third. And of course, the top five were Call of Duty, Elden Ring, NFL 23, God of War Ragnarok, and Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, or the top sales data based on dollar sales in 2022. Eurogamer has reported on the 14th of January that a massive amount of Valve data regarding games including Team Fortress 2 and Half-Life was released online. This includes assets, source files, game files, anything that you can imagine, and covers games such as Portal, CS Source, Team Fortress 2, Half-Life 2 Episodes 1 and 2, and Half-Life 2 Multiplayer. This entire asset repository was in excess of 61 gigabytes, and the leak has said after 2016 and multiple attempts to leak this stuff online under threat, has finally just said they don't care anymore. So this data was made available via Discord, and it has been specifically noted that no, there is nothing about Half-Life 3 in the asset repository. Ahead of Stadia's service shutdown in a day or two, it seems that they've released the Bluetooth controller tool to users who have a Stadia controller so that they can move it away from their service into a Bluetooth-based mode and use it with other products. There is a few caveats with the tool that they've released, where if they switch it from the original Wi-Fi connection to Bluetooth mode, it's a one-way street and cannot be undone. And this tool will only be available until the 31st of December for this year. And after that point, the controller will be unsupported. Google also saw fit to release one final Stadia game before the shutdown in a day or two, Worm Game, which was used as a test game for the team who was testing the console, as well as those part of the beta, was just about a worm eating fruit on screen. They call this a humble release, but I wonder how many people will actually be playing it. GameSpot also reports that most refunds from Stadia to the people who are due them should be processed, but I'm sure no one in Australia will have that problem, right? And now just a couple of quick news headlines to round out the episode. God of War Ragnarok and Horizon Forbidden West lead this year's DICE Award nominations, Ragnarok with 12, Forbidden West with 8, and Elden Ring secured 7 nominations as well. This is no surprise after their performances in a Game Awards last year. The Last of Us TV show adaptation on HBO released on the 16th of January. To much acclaim, it seems to be award-winning in almost every case where someone has seen the majority of the series. The first episode is all that's available to us at the moment, 
and having watched it, I'd urge you to go and give it a look as well. It handles the story for newcomers and those that have played the game incredibly well. And I almost forgot to mention, there is a podcast out at the moment as a post-episode discussion hosted by Troy Baker and joined by Neil Druckmann, the director of the video game, and Craig Mazin, who came on board for the adaptation. And a little Easter egg for metal fans and fans of the Hades game, Periphery's new album includes a track called Zagreus, which doesn't seem to have much to do with the game, except for a bitey little tone that you'd recognize from the game soundtrack. If you're a metal fan, have a listen to Periphery, they're one of my favorites. And those are the gaming headlines for today. If you'd like links to the sources of the articles, check the show notes or head to deaddroppodcast.com. Do you like the new format of the show? Send me an email, network at deaddroppodcast.com to tell me what you think, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you'd like to donate and support the show, head to deaddroppodcast.com forward slash support. Join me every Monday and Thursday for the latest game news, and make sure to tell your friends about the Dead Drop. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you here in a couple of days. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Tip of the tongue, the teeth and the lips. Microsoft bought a studio. Peter Piper picked a peck with the P button. <sniffs> Nailed it.